gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gathers, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the Truth Prescription. We have a super, super special, special, special guest, Prentice P.L. Sweets Thompson. Welcome, sir. Hey, man, I'm so blessed to be here. <laughs> I just got to say that intro was like, oh. <laughs> I just got a feeling of the stop intro, it, man. Stop it, stop it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we always bring on uh, people who are extremely interesting and extremely uh, talented. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and successful in their industry. Prentice has uh, been a, a, a very successful producer, music producer, and now he's venturing into film, which um, we, we both sort of did at the same time, which is interesting. Yes. <laughs> uh, but he, he sort of started his career as a music producer. He worked with a group called John A on a remix to the their hit, one of their only hits, Listen to the Vibe. They had a few. They had a few. Yeah, yeah. but that was, that was... That was the one. That though. was the one. Yeah. That was the one that was in the clubs rocking. Um, then he toured with Ani Kamozi. For those of you who don't remember, he's the one who did the Here Comes the Hot Step Murderer. <laughs> I, had to appreciate, do the I, I appreciate the, the ad lib. Thank, Thank you. you so much. You're Thank very, you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, then he worked with uh, Blue Williams, who was uh, on Queen Latifah's uh, label as a as a manager. So he was he was managed by him and doing doing music for him. Shouts to Blue. Yeah, Blue Williams. Shout out, shout out to Blue. And then uh, then he sort of transitioned. I guess he understood you need multiple hustles. Uh, so he started to it, uh, business marketing and brand management. He worked for companies like Event, Yamaha, Core, Creamware, Serato, TLA. And continue to make music. Um, has had now, I think, two two separate uh, record labels. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. Uh, what was the first one you did with, uh, with the brother down in Virginia? Oh, man. What's the name of that? Oh, that new Man. Right, did New Man. And then you moved over to... What's the, what's the next one? Uh, it was MF Music MF Group. MF Music, Music Group. Group. Right, right. And now we at Godspeed. And we got Godspeed Entertainment right. with uh, Everything Costs. Shout out to Everything Costs. Up and coming. That was uh, three. You know, your that's math three. Off. My math is terrible. Uh, up and coming hip hop artist, but he's one of these guys that hopefully I can get on the pod. He's been in the game a long time. Oh, yeah. You definitely got to get him on. <sighs> he's been in the game forever. Yeah, he's not even up and coming. He's just. Right. Yeah, he just been he just, just yeah. lurking in the ether. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, and now he's got building two hundred film works, which he's doing. Uh, so far, he's done a, a music video and he's done a, a short film, which is actually I've I shot the uh, behind the scenes for it. It's it's pretty amazing. So look, definitely looking forward to that. Yes. Um. So he's done a lot. Uh, Prentice, I'm just gonna let you talk a little bit just about uh, your upbringing, where you grew up, and just sort of bring us to today? Well, I was really, really fortunate to grow up in a, in a musical family. Okay. And so I kind of started out in Harlem playing in Harlem, playing piano, and then kind of migrated uh, from playing in church to DJing and okay. from DJing to production. Okay. And from production, 
that's kind of where my my life, my musical life kind of began. Right. It still continues to this day. Of course. Um, and I found that creation is, you know, it's ever growing. And okay. I found out that music kind of lent to the musical, to the film side. Right. Of Because the approach is the same, but the application is different. Okay. And... Now, why do you say that the approach is the same? I may be getting ahead of myself, but... Well, I think I think the the approach is you have a formula to work with. Okay. And then you learn to break the rules. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And then you find yeah. out what works for you. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the guy showing you the first C, C minor seven chord. And then all of a sudden you, your your finger slips to a B flat while you're playing. You're like, oh, or slips to a G in your left hand. Like, oh, different color, you know? And all of a sudden that person yeah. says, the person that told you, said, well, I didn't teach you to play that way. You go, well, this yeah. is how I play. Right. So right. you break the rules. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Same thing. Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. So then, um, you know, I, I had to learn to, to, to get multiple hustles because, you know, production only comes when someone says yes. Right. So there's a lot of no's that happens in, inside of that. So you learn to, to to develop thick skin. Right. So what I what I what I did was uh, a friend of mine hired me as a representative for his company um, called Event Electronics. He was the president. Right. He was the vice president of the company at yeah, the time. Dope, dope monitors. Yeah. And he was trying to get the monitors into the urban market. And so then he said, "I said, well, I am the market." Right. And they hired me, and I started working for other brands. I started bringing working with Serato and TLA and all the other brands, and which spawned me into using that to walk walk through other doors and started right. to attach um, artists to brands. Right, and then I kind of went from that into films and so on and so forth. Right, right, okay, okay. Now, although he has a young voice, the man is quite seasoned. I am. Print how 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 old are you? I am 56, 56 years old. 56 years old. You look at this guy, he looks like he's, I don't know, 36. <laughs> so. Don't tell that to my wife. She, she always says, I'm robbing the cradle. Oh, Lord have mercy. Your wife yeah. looks young too. She does. She, she, yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So in your in your 56 years, um, let's, let's, I guess we'll we'll jump straight into the truth prescription. Just tell tell us a little a story and we'll, I guess we'll do your professional um, life a little bit, a little bit later, but in your personal life, you could tell us a story that sort of illustrates an obstacle that you overcame based on having to con- confront a particular truth. Well, it's a lot of stories, but <laughs> there's one in particular that got, just kind of came to mind. Okay. It's when I first started DJing. Okay. And when I first started DJing, um, I was like 17 and I took my book money from mm-hmm. college and I bought some turntables and I practiced for a year. Wow. Just practice. Just practice. Just practice. You didn't for play in front of nobody. You just, just practice. I just stayed in my room with my little radio. And I just practice. I just practice DJing every wow. day, every day, Amazing. every day, every day, every day, every day. Okay. And by the time I, they back, but back in those days, you would bring your equipment out and hook it to the pole. Right. And I did my first couple of things and, you know, I was feeling myself. Right. right. I was, you know, I was, I was feeling myself. Right. Right. So my cousin's, Lived in the Bronx. Okay. So I took my boys with me to go visit my cousins. Now give us a a, a frame of reference. By what year was this? This had to be 80, maybe 79, 80, 79 or 81. So this is like beginning of hip hop era. Yeah. Um, right. House, not house, but um, 
I guess uh, it was no records. It was no, yeah. you know, this is before Sugar Hill Gang. That's what, that's well, it was before it was. Sugar Hill. Okay, so it had to be like seventy nine. Okay, about that. Wow, that time. yeah. So very beginning. Okay. Very beginning. So I went to my cousin's house. I took my boys with me, and at the time, you know, my DJ name was. Grandmaster Sweet Pea, no grand, <laughs> no grand magician Sweet Pea. That was my, that was my magician. DJ day. Grand okay. magician, they All called right. me the magician. All right. So I went to my cousin's house, and my youngest cousin, he must have been about maybe twelve or thirteen, but he okay. he really looked up to me. Okay. So they had a pair of turntables in the crib. Okay. And it was in, and so my cousin, my little cousin, was killing it. Really, this little kid? He was killing it. Just <laughs> just killing it. Huh. So he said, come on, cuz, get on. Huh. So my friends was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sweet survivor, <laughs> yo, you about to kill it. Grand magician. Son, I couldn't do nothing on them rickety turntables. Was it because the turntables were, were rickety and you had been using professional stuff? Or well, after your year of I, practice? <laughs> right, after my year of practice and I saved up my money and I got me some real turntables. Right. And my cousin had the worst turntables known to mankind. Wow. And every time I would touch him, they, the needles would jump. Mm. But he, this is what he used. Right. So I walked out of there. My boys was like, yo, you whack. Right. Right. You know, your little cousin is nicer than you. And I, in my head, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, no, he just learned to use what he had. Right. right. And that was what I walked away with. It's right. not what you have. Right. It's what you have. Right. And that's the lesson yeah. I learned. And then from that day forward, I never looked at anything I had as lack. Mm. I looked at what I have as my skills, my talent, my intellect, what I bring to what I have. You know, it's just like, you know, I remember many, many a days and not having enough food. Mm. And you learn to cook with what you have. Yeah. yeah. It ain't gonna, it's not going to be magic. Right. You, you can't say, well, I want steak, but I have, <laughs> I got, I got Ramen. liver in there. Right. I don't know how to cook liver. Well, if you want to eat, guess yeah. what? Yeah. You're going to call somebody. You're going <laughs> to... Right, because that was you, in the days before Google. Google, you're going right, to <laughs> right. call somebody and you're going to find out how I can make liver. Yeah. So you learn to use what you had. So from that day forward, I, I kid you not, I never look at what I don't have. Wow. Never. Wow. So the truth that you figured out was... It's, it's me. It's the true talent is you. It's yeah. not. It's not the it's equipment. Me. It's not the equipment. Yeah. yeah. It's me. Yeah. That's big because because even you know you see people making you know hundred million dollar movies and mm-hmm. all these cameras and all this yeah. gear and all these cast members and you got somebody that makes a movie with their iPhone. Yeah. That could be just as powerful. Yeah. If shot right and has a proper message. Proper message know? and a great script. Right. It all starts with the right. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Yeah, you can like I call it hot garbage. Yeah. You know, yeah. hot, hot garbage. I'll give you another quick one. Okay. Um, I went to a guy's studio one time and he had heard about me. Okay. And he said, I want you to come by and play some beats for my artists. Okay. And at the time I had I had a I wouldn't say it was a dope studio, but it was it was a modest studio. Okay. And well, yeah, give me a year. This, this was about. had to be ninety, maybe ninety, ninety one, something like 91. that. Ninety one. Okay. Somewhere around, around right. that time. And I went to this guy's studio and he had everything. <laughs> I walked in his spot. I was wow. like, wow. He had every module. He had the big Mackie 32 by 8 mixer, Ooh. the one that everybody wanted. Yeah. 
He had the MP3000. Mm. He had, you know, SP12. He had everything. All the equipment. Everything. <laughs> I was like, wow, this dude is doing it. Uh, yeah. Did he press play? <laughs> and I was like, this dude is wow. <laughs> And then he was like, watered down. Oh, it was not even watered down. It wasn't even. I was like, I was, I was embarrassed about because I what I was about to do. You about to destroy? Oh, oh, what I what I was about to do and what I did, my man. You was and that was the days of CDs. So you put your CD in. No, no, no. This is cassettes. Woo! Wow. Had the beat tape. Wow. Well, ninety one. Yeah. Yeah. I had the beat tape. I couldn't afford a dad at the time. You know, I had the beat tape. Sure. So you put that in. I was like, he was like. So what you got? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you talk about salivating. Yeah. And Great. you had probably two Thanks. things and he had ten. I only needed three. Yeah. I only needed three. Yeah. You know, I something I, to record I, in I, a sequencer and a keyboard. Yeah, I learned I le- and I learned how to play I learned how to play music for labels. Okay. Got and it. that's when I started to learn how to place beats. Okay. How to place records. Okay. It's all in your presentation. It's got to be right. good. Okay. But you never put your hottest beat first. That's what I learned. Okay. Right. Third. Right. You taught me that. You taught me that. You put your hottest beat third. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you give them a little, almost like a stair you step. Give, you give them a banger. At first. You give, them, you, right. you give them the scrunch face for the first one. Right. The second one is the woo. Woo. <laughs> right. The third one is like, oh, monkey face. Right. <laughs> Scrunching. <laughs> monkey face. And then you hit stop. And you hit stop. <laughs> you go, how much? Right. Is this available? When right. can I get this? Right. Let's go to business affairs. Right. Here's my here's my here's my manager's number. Right. Call him. Right. You learn this over time. Ching ching. Gone. Yeah. Done. Okay. That's like personal side. Mm-hmm. Um some I mean it was personal, but it was professional. One yeah. one store was like DJ, the other mm-hmm. story was was like a production story. Mm-hmm. Um let's do this. We'll keep those as the professional. Okay. And personal, because, dude, I know you've been through some stuff, boy. I mean, you, yeah. you've been through some, yeah. some stuff in your life, brother. Yes, sir. Uh, you've been married three times. You Trifecta. Know? Tri- <laughs> <laughs> three point lives. Steph Curry, yeah. baby. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. Yeah. Deep three. Deep three. You know, with the, with the hand still hanging out there. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> posing. Posing. So... I'm sure, and if we just focus just on the marriages, that this guy there had to be some type of story or some type of learning. Because to me, those those I mean, the professional is you learn stuff definitely, mm-hmm. but those those heartaches, you know, those those are the Man. things that just grind on you that really yeah. actually prepare you for the professional. Because the thing about professional life is that it matters. But then it don't matter because these you you see these people for a couple hours a day. Uh They don't really affect your life that much, you know. But you're talking about a spouse, your mom, your 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 siblings. Like these are these are lifelong relationships. Yeah, and you can't run away from it. Yeah, (laughs) unless you get a scape card, (laughs) (laughs) right? Or move move out of state or something. I think I think what I've learned. But tell a story if you can. If you can't, then you can give us just an overview. Because none of these people that I mean, obviously, your current wife is amazing. Deb, yes, you know she's she she is amazing. I mean, I've known her, I've known her as long as I've known you. Yeah, you know, so yeah, she's, she's a, a good lady. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Yeah, I think. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of something I learned in my first marriage. Okay, I learned. Now looking looking back, mm-hmm. my mother was not an affectionate woman. Okay, interesting. 
My mother was not an affectionate woman. She was the type. She, I guess she was just trying to toughen me up because my dad died very died when I was six years old, Christmas Day. Whoa, what a gift. Yeah, what a Sheesh. gift. Went and played with me, went into the bedroom, had a heart attack, died. Wow. So my yeah. mom put the mantra, you know, you are the man of the family. Right. You know, I'm six. Just turned six, you know. So yeah, <laughs> like well, I guess it's so impossible. Right, you know? right. These some big pants to fill. Right. So you you start to notice things that now looking back that you thought you needed. Okay. You know. Yeah. I'm an affectionate person. Right. I'm a hugger. Yeah. You know. I'm I'm that dude. My mom right. wasn't like that. Right. My mom was not like that. So the first person that gave that to me was the one I gravitated to. Right. Ah. Uh. Got so it. got it. She was scratching my itch, and then, but her actions didn't match the emotion. You think of when I look back at it, yeah. because you know I went through things where like she would leave and disappear for three days. Whoa, yeah. And this is your wife. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> disappear, come back, leave for three weeks. <laughs> what? Yeah. You never told me this. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. And come back like everything cool. Like hey. I'm back. And, and hugging you, rubbing on you. Yeah. And I'm like, I call a family. No one, no one will tell me anything. You know. You think they knew where she was? They of just course didn't want... they knew. Mm. Of course they knew. Okay. So I learned to, even like my wife, Debbie, she's, yeah. she's not a super affectionate woman. Okay. She, I know she loves me. Right. But she's not a super affectionate woman. So what I had to learn was, sometimes that stuff is just me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't change people. Right. Like, she's she's the greatest gift. She's awesome. Got my yeah. back 150%. Right. But she can't be everything for me. God, I got to be that for me. Right. So, I, you notice things about yourself. It's like, sometimes I want affection. Right. Well, that's my problem. Right. You know right. I mean? That ain't right. her problem. Right. But but the best thing I can do is is give her the information. Right, this is what I need. This is what I need. And if she can't do it, she can't do it. Right. Now, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of cats have, would have that same feeling. And if 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 the wife's not doing it... They go get it then, from then somewhere they else. Just, you know, they go lay up with somebody else and be and justify it by, well, she's not giving it to me, mm-hmm. you know? But that's um, your problem. Yeah. That's the, that's, the, that's the thing you walk away with. That right. ain't her problem. Right. That's your problem. Yeah. So you got to look in the mirror and go... Why do I feel this way? Right. Why do I need this? What makes me feel that? What is the root? Where'd this come from? Right. And me recognizing that it came from my relationship with my mother right. was me kind of going back layers in my life. Right. Why did I date this chick? Yeah. Why did I? She didn't even, she didn't even treat me right. Why? Yeah. The why? And you just start going back and you just go, because I wanted a hug from my mom. Yeah. It's the yeah. little boy inside of you. Right. That's yearning for the thing that they wanted. My mom wasn't an affectionate woman. Right. So right. even now, my mom is more affectionate, and it feels weird. Right. Because, like, when you said that just now, like, the way you talk, I never met your mom, but the way you talk about her, I, I'm thinking of, like, you know, Miss Kizzy, you know, come over with the, with the sweet potato pie hugging on you, and come here, boy, sit down so I can fish you a plate. You know that? She liked that, but she, <laughs> you know? she, she wasn't touchy-feely. I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Okay. She, I guess, in in her mind, she was just trying to make me tough or right. toughen me up. Right, right. But you know, women can't teach men how to be men. No, yeah. They can only go by how a man should treat a woman. 
Right. From their viewpoint. Right. It ain't always true. Right. But it's from their viewpoint. So you go, well, she did the best she could. She had a boy, so she had to raise. And she, this is her first time like raising a, a, a raising a man. Yeah. I can only go by what I think a man should be. I can't teach you how to be a man. And she would tell me that. Mm. I can't teach you how to be a man, but I can teach you how I would like a man to treat me. That's fair. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Right. All the other stuff, I, I ran my head against the wall. So my son doesn't have to do that. And right. I tell him, I tell him these stories as yeah. candid and as, and as plain as day. Yeah. So, so he can get the information and jump, jump some hurdles. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to make my mistakes. I can tell you about them. You can choose to make my mistakes. Right. But you have the information to not make the mistake. Okay. And, that's, and, that, and I, I think that's my trial by fire story. Yeah. So it sounds like it's interesting. In that one, it was almost like two lessons. The first one was somebody's, um, somebody's actions. You know, people say actions speak louder than words. But in your case, it was like, Actions speak louder than actions, right? Yeah. Just because she was rubbing on you and and hugging on you, uh-huh. giving all that thing that that you needed right. physically, her actions were still yeah. still left field. Yeah. And then number number that was number one, and then number two was, uh, I guess the truth you figured out was sometimes you have to, you got to go back in time and sort of peel away layers in order to figure out because you because actually th- that wasn't it. It was more like the thing that I heard you say is almost like when you realize you're having an issue or a problem, almost like look at yourself first. Yeah. Because, you you know, you're having this reaction with why aren't these people um, uh, perfectionate towards me? But mm-hmm. then you're like, wait a minute. Why do I need that? Yeah, and why do I feel that way? <laughs> right, right. What makes me feel that way? Right. What makes you even think that? Right. And these are like, this, this is, it doesn't go away. Right. It just doesn't go away. Yeah. Like, I, I, I remember having this thought last night. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my wife just came home from the hospital and I'm like, you know, I wanted to be affectionate with me. She was just like tired. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got to check that. Yeah, yeah. I got to check that. I got to swallow that and go, all right, God, um, I need help with this right now. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and just just, just kind of of moving along. Yeah, it ain't easy, but you know, it's it's just part of the process, knowing yourself. Yeah. No, that's... That is the truth. Ain't yes. that the truth? Know thy know thine self. Like Spike Lee said, that's the truth, Ruth. <laughs> so, all right. Um, all right, let's get into some just some specific questions. Uh, I like to ask this one. Who is your personal Mount Rushmore? Meaning the people in your life, um, they could be celebrities or uh, known people or, or people we don't know that uh that you admire that sort of help you that motivate you and help you to get through each day. Personal Mount Rushmore. Now, Mount Rushmore, I believe, has four people on it. Um, but you can choose two people, how many people you want to put up there. Personal Mount Rushmore, wow. Musically, I would say it's a group, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. Personal Mount Rushmore, that is like, the, you know, that is the, the, the top of the heap for me when it comes to musically. Okay. Mount Rushmore. Oh, Mount Rushmore. Okay. Okay, so Earth, Wind, and Fly. Earth, Earth, Earth Wind, Wind, and Fire. Fire. Okay. Um, I would say my mom because she, you know, she's 93. Good Lord. Wow. And she raised, she kept, a, she kept a promise that I found out maybe just six years ago. My aunt died and her, the, the, her, her promise to her sister was that whoever dies first will raise, the, will raise their kids. 
Okay. She not only raised her kids, she raised her grandkids. Yeesh. And her grandkids yeah. is, is Jay and Mike. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So she raised, and, she, and on top of that, she raised my older cousin before I was born until she was 13. So wow. if I had to say that, it, w- it would definitely be my mom okay. in that regard. The fourth one, gosh. Third, third. Third, third. I'm sorry. Earth, I'm wind, moms. Earth, wind, and fire. My mother, um, Quincy Jones. Mm. That's a big one. Um, Quincy Jones, because I've, I've read every book he's written. I've read, okay. I've read every autobiography I know. I've read everything associated with him. Yeah. Yeah, I was younger. My, my, my viewpoint of excellence was him. Mm. When, I, when I started to see his name on so many records that I loved, and then when he started going into TV and movies, right. and I said, that's what I want to be. Okay. So Quincy Jones. Multi, multi-dimensional, multi-dimensional, multi-talented, and a dope musician. People don't really realize what a great musician. He oh is. man, yeah. He would tell you, because um, he's a trumpet player. Yeah. Um, Clark Terry was his idol, and those of you who don't know Clark Terry, you need to Google that dude. Ridiculous um, trumpet player, in from the forties, fifties, sixties, and um, he was he was incredible. My last person would be James Brown. Get on up, get up. And it would be solely because his music, I know I'm picking a lot of musical people, those are my giants, but um, he changed music forever. Mm. Not only did he change R&B into funk, but his records were the, were the backbone of hip-hop music. Wow. I mean, you, you, you can't name a hit record from the, from the 80s, 90s, Hip hop without a James Brown sample, yeah, impossible, yeah. And I think the second most sampled record of all time is Funky Drummer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the first one I forgot what the first one was, but I just heard this recently because Questlove did a an interview with a guy that um, started Tommy Boy, and um, he's coming out with this. this oh, Tom, this, sorry, Tommy Silverman. Yeah, yeah. He's coming out with this sample thing where you can get samples now and like clear them for like regular prices, not this ridiculous prices. So we, you know, artists could get back into sampling again. Um, so he had a list. He did like the top 10 most sampled songs. It was, it was, it was crazy. Like listening to him and two of them were James Brown songs in the first top 10, but the funky drum is like, Oh yeah. You know, that's, that's everything. Yeah. I, I, I remember cutting that record up before it was records. Mm. You know, I remember cutting that record up in the park. Scratching it. Mm. One, two, three, four, get it. I mean, mm. I remember just cutting the numbers yeah. up. Yeah. Just the numbers. Just the numbers before you get to the beat. Yeah. Yeah. So so it would definitely it would definitely be those those four. Okay. We might Mount Rushmore. All right, cool. Off the top of the dome, without me without much thinking about it, but so many more. Cool, cool. What do you think is the greatest strength that you have as a as a musician? Listening. Perfect. What do you think your greatest strength is as a father? Listening. <laughs> Listening. Excellent. Yeah, I feel you. This I'm I'm jumping around a little bit, but this next question is about a place that you know well, B and H. Why do you think B and H is successful and essentially prints money? I, I I remember reading something like they make a billion dollars a month. Some some crazy numbers. Because B and H, for those who don't know, most people do know, but it's a, a it's a it's very, the world's largest photography store. Yeah. 
yeah. one location and massive reach. They focus on the customer experience. Okay. That's their focus. It's not about how much you sell. It's about selling the experience. And I, and I tell this to, 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 to recording artists all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, they would, I want to make a hot joint. And, you know, they come up with a record. And I'm just like, you can sell the record all you want. But if you want people to continu- continuously be part of your, your world and building your fan base, you have to sell the experience. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of similar to why I hate sending beats to artists for them to rap, rhyme, rhyme on. It's like, no, the experience is being in the studio with me. Right. The studio is me, me in, being in, in the studio coaching me, having me coach you. Right. That's the experience. So you sell that. You sell the experience, and that's what they do. Okay. What's the, as you're now transitioning into film with Building 200 Film, what's the most profound thing you've learned as a filmmaker after having done um, a music video and then just, mo- just recently, a few weeks ago, a short film? Um, team chemistry is extremely important. That's the first thing I learned. Okay. Planning for problems is very important. Um, planning for things to go wrong, things will, because things will go awry and learning how to navigate it. Right. You know, in, in that sense. And also that every part is important, no matter how small it is, if how insignificant you may think it is, it could be extremely important. Um, you mean every, when you say every part, you're talking about like from lighting, tra- from sound, lighting to transportation camera. to Got wardrobe it. to Got makeup it. to to yeah. everything, everything, yeah. everything plays a part, and to treat people kindly, mm-hmm. and treat people with respect, and never get full of yourself. Mm. You just, you Did just, you experience some individuals? I experienced some <laughs> some fullness. I experienced some fullness. And it was a, it was a great learning. It's a great learning experience for me. Yeah. What I walked away with is I can do this. That's mm-hmm. my walk away. Mm-hmm. My walk away was, I'm going to put my balls and put them outside my pants. Right. That's how, that's how I felt. No matter how upset I was about, about the situation and how, it was all about the end result and getting to, you know, it was a three-day shoot. My mindset was to get to Monday. Yeah. No matter you how. You started on Friday. Started on Friday. Get no matter Monday. how difficult, upset, pissed off, tired, bewildered, exhausted, no matter what emotion I was going through, physically, yeah. mentally, it didn't make a difference. Yeah. I had to get to Monday. Because mm. yeah. Monday meant that we were wrapped. Okay. I knew three weeks in advance that it was going to be tough. I see. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know to what degree. Yeah. But I knew that it was going to be tough because it was, it, I was stressed out. I was stressed out for almost... A month. Which is weird because I've known as long as I've known you, probably at least ten years, I've never known you to be a person. I was completely stressed, stressed out. Yeah. I was completely stressed out. Yeah. I I I was completely And that's was, out of character for you. Yeah. Yeah. I was completely stressed out. Completely stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. It was like thing after thing after this after this after this after this after this after it was just it was just nonstop. I, I definitely have to give it up to my partner. Roger Green, aka Everything Cost. Everything Cost. Shout out to his, Everything Cost for his um jovial spirit through the whole thing. You know, it's just good to have good partners that know and love you and respect you, um, and know that you know you got each other's back no matter what. Right. You know, and in that in that regard, 
you know, I've never really had that. I've always kind of had to carry everything. This right. time, I you know, I learned to let some things go. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, people don't realize the apprentice is about 6'2", about, what, 230? Like he's, he's not a small dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, people talking crazy to him is, uh, it's, it's, it's not, typically it wouldn't end well. Um, but I wanted to ask you, I wanted to, to go back and ask you something you mentioned earlier about um, one of the things you learned. You said learning to plan for um, issues or when things come up. And it's interesting because you can't really plan for contingencies because you don't know they're coming. Right? You don't know they're coming, but in the, in the sense of knowing that it's going to happen. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, to, almost like going in expecting something's going to go something, wrong. Something will go wrong. Wrong, quote unquote, wrong. Right. Something will go awry. Right. And it's it's and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay. So you almost know? like accepting that. Yeah, That's good. Accepting it. Accepting that it's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to happen, and learning how to learning how to navigate it because you got to get to the end result. You can't hit this hit this roadblock and this quit. Yeah. Right. It's over. That's it. I'm going home. Yeah, Everybody it's over. Up. Yeah, what yeah. happened? Oh, my shoelace is untied. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't, you, you can't. In, in, in this, in this business, you, I've seen, I've seen crazy things. Yeah. And people with crazy dispositions and yeah. attitudes and so full of themselves and. Yeah. You know. I, I, I mean, I haven't really encountered the attitude thing, but definitely the technical problems. I remember my last shoot, we're shooting, we're shooting, we're shooting way out in Long Island, in the Long Island shooting, and my card runs out. Oh gosh. <laughs> my 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 <laughs> my uh when I say my card, my um uh not sound card, but my video card, the storage, my SSD runs out. And I'm shooting 4K raw, so it takes up a lot of space. And I didn't realize it, and we're like in the middle of the last scene and and so it's uh, seven o'clock. We're out in the middle of Long Island, and this specific card I need is like kind of special. It's like one of those special cards for the camera. And I basically just ran around for like an hour before all the electronics doors closed, and I found a card that was comparable and ended up working. But it's stuff like that that yeah. you just it's like, dude, what are you gonna do? And basically, everybody waited for me for an hour and a half because no camera, you can't shoot. Right? You know, it's crazy. So. All right, so let's go to uh, let's play this 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 game. Yes or BS. This would be fun. No sound effects. I'll put one in for you. Okay, thank you. Da, 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 yeah, da. yeah, yeah. Take that. Take that. <laughs> number one mm. for my game show. Number one. Canon makes. Uh, so, oh, this is the way. So, the way we play this game is I'm gonna say a statement, okay, and you're just gonna say yes or BS. Okay. And if you want to make any additional commentary, you can. Okay, thank you. Number one. Canon makes better cameras than Nikon. No. What's the, what's the word? It's, it's BS. That's that. Boo! <laughs> a $5,000 microphone always sounds better than a $500 microphone. That's that. Boo! <laughs> America! <laughs> Number three. Producers today, music producers today are less musical. Yes. <laughs> Number four. Eminem is lyrically more skilled than Biggie. Oh man, I don't like you. <laughs> I don't like you. Uh-huh. It's a hard one, I know. Yes. Yeah, it's a hard one. Uh number five, screenwriting is easier than music production. 
That's that bull. <laughs> <laughs> That's that bull. <laughs> to the white beat. <laughs> Number six. Uh, movie, film, and TV today is lacking originality. Yes. And I would say that it's very disturbing when you see networks just follow networks. Mm. That one network does a show. Then right. One, yeah. Um, I can remember having meetings at record labels and because Universal had an artist, had a male group, then RCA would have a male group. Mm. So when you go and have the meeting at the RCA, they would say things like, so, we, um, you know, Uptown got Jodeci, you know? So we need a Jodeci slash Boyz II Men slash <laughs> this slash that. Slash, yeah. They come up with all these things that don't go together yeah, because they want to, they see the successes over here yeah. at, at another label. So they want to create the same thing instead of looking for something original to kind of break the mold. Yeah. So when I look at TV, I see the same shows. I wow, see yeah. the same six women, whether it's hip hop, whether it's mob wives, whether it's doctors, whether it's florists, whether yeah. it's the same exact show. Yeah. Yeah. Six angry men, women fighting over men that aren't faithful to them. <laughs> and then crying and then fighting over them again and then fighting with each other. And, don't don't forget uh the the, the trip, because you know they always have to take a trip somewhere. Oh and then they show up somewhere, you know, it's reality TV and they're in full makeup. And <laughs> on top of that, you can tell the camera is on a slider and it's too perfect. It's like the lighting is set. This is not reality. This is not reality. This is called coaching. So you tell them, the okay, so honey, you're mad at Dollar and Dollar is mad at you. Right. This is the reason why you're mad. Right. So talk about why you're mad. Why am I mad again? This is why you're mad. Right. You're mad because your man slept with her. She did. Yes, she did. <laughs> okay. Someone get her a bottle of wine. You're going to throw it on her. Okay. Oh, and wow. we're going to improv. Go. Action. That's that's reality TV. That's called yeah. non-reality TV. Yeah. So it's just it's and and to tell you the truth, that is the reason why I I decided to be a filmmaker. Yeah. Because yeah. I wanted imaging that reflected my life. Yeah, because you weren't seeing it. Yeah. I wasn't seeing me on TV. Yeah. The real you. P from P from Harlem. P from Harlem. And yeah. then seeing the stories that I think will be important to not to you know, not just for African Americans, but to the world at large, just people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your your show, um, which we won't talk too much about, that the concept Crosstown is is amazing, and um, it's a, a part of the reason it's amazing because you have people from all different walks of life, all different cultural, socioeconomic uh, backgrounds that all converge in this drama. Yeah, and, and it's it's dope. It's dope. It's so it's so New York. You know, it's so it is. Real. It is, and the people, <laughs> the people that will get it are people from big cities. Yeah, yeah. Chicago, New York, Detroit. Yeah, you know, anywhere where it's where mass transit is, Japan. Yeah, like yeah, anywhere, and and so I think it's going to gravitate because people who love big cities who don't live in big cities, yeah, cannot get an understanding of what it is like to live in a big city, right. And the people right. that live in a big city can now say, oh, that is so true. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be dope when it's finally uh, written, produced, and shot. Yeah. All right. Number seven, 
Mac is wax and Steve Jobs died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think that they're assuming his vision. That's what I think. It's an assumption. Yep. yep. They're trying to. They can't do it. Number eight. Prentice Thompson would take a million dollars over a million blessings. That's that ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's that ball. Number nine. The greatest house record is follow me. Oh. <laughs> I was just spinning that record. Gosh. I was just spinning that record. Oh, gosh. I say it's one of them. One of them. Okay. okay I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. Number 10. The greatest hip hop album of all time is Dr. Dre the Chronic. That's that bull. Okay. I would say. What, what's your, what do you think? My favorite album of all time is The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Okay. That's my favorite album. I can't, I can't argue because I haven't listened to it in uh, detail. Uh, That's interesting. Number 11. Wow. Prentice Thompson is the most underrated music producer of all time. I, I wouldn't say of all time, but I would say I'm the best kept vet. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> you always got some, some, some hotness yeah, I tucked got, somewhere. I always, got, I always got something in the hot bin. It's always <laughs> right. tucked in somewhere, even if I got to dig for it, you know? This is a, uh, this one I know you like because... When 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 uh, Prentice goes on one of his uh, his producer binges and he's in the studio for eight hours making, you know, nah, fifteen beats, twelve hours. <laughs> oh, that's can't leave. He uh he has a particular food of choice that helps him to <laughs> to stay uh to to stay well uh, nutritioned. If that's a word. Yeah. Uh, so number twelve, mm-hmm. peanut butter and jelly beats tuna on rye. <sighs> Hell to the yeah. <laughs> okay. Hell to the yeah. And the I thing thought, is, I thought tuna was your joint. Tuna, tuna is, is. Right, right. But nothing beats a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I feel you. That, no, no, I mean, that, those, are, those are my, you know, those are my, my two go-to foods. All right. Last one. Number 13. If given a choice, Prentice Thompson would choose the Akai MPC-X over the Native Instruments Machine Studio. And for people don't, who don't know, those are both uh, sequencer oh, and beat-making machines. I don't know. And we tell you the reasons why. I've seen, and I've never used either one of them. Okay. So I can only go by what I've seen. Now, I know a lot of people that have machines. And, and now my son has machine, and, right. and a lot of friends. <laughs> I got machine. You got machine. Yeah. A lot of friends like machine. And I think what makes machine dope Aside from its ease of use, it's the library of sounds. Okay. That's what makes it dope. Okay. The MPCX, because it's standalone and you can use it with the computer, your library will make the sounds. Right. Correct. Correct. So if you don't have a dope library, right. it don't make no... So what? The right. sounds that you get are okay. They're, they're, they're nowhere near the quality of machine. No. They're nowhere near the 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 size of the over over of the overall library. So can't really give you a solid answer on that, but okay. I'm leaning to machine. You're leaning to machine. I'm leaning to machine. I I was reading the article and I forget who it was. I think it was either Swiss Beats or or maybe it was just Blaze was saying that the reason music nowadays has gotten so watered down is because everybody buys the same kits and yeah. everybody downloads the same sample yep. packs. Yep. And so you hear you listening to 10 songs, you hear the same snare, the same, same hi-hat, snare, same, the same kick, you know, same, right. same sound, same, <laughs> right. same everything. Right. I, that, think, I think it, that happened because accessibility kills creativity. For sure. It's true. 
You know, yeah. you know, it just it just kills it because it's it's too. I can just reach over and just grab this, and ain't that what he used? The same Zach Patch, you know. Let's use it because it works. Because it works, right? It goes back to what you were saying before about labels and how TV wanted mm-hmm. to just repeat everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. And if you even notice in even the film industry, like remakes, been like doing a, the last yeah. ten years, they've done so many remakes, man. Even, TV even, and movies, even the Superman, you know. Or I mean, there's been a ton. I can't even name them all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So all right. Even the R couples back on TV. Yeah. No, that's right. There's a right. lot of shows, and I'm like, yeah. okay, what? What's going on? Well, right. Right. Formula work Training before. day. They made a tra- training day TV show. You know? Which is crazy. And my man died, which is which is even crazy. Yeah. Did you know that? The the, the lead actor on um on that show died. Like, in real life died. Um, what is the that The white guy? guy? The white guy. Yeah. He, no way. He died, B, in real life. Like, the, the, like, the day, like a day, no, like a week after the, sh- the first episode, because I watched it with, 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 with my wife, and then in, like the day or the two days later... He died like a. He, and the, he, the 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 actor the the guy that played yeah the, uh, the, Bill Paxton Bill Paxton the he, one that played played the in Independence Day yeah he was in Independence Day too. Get out! That of dude here. died, man. <laughs> like crazy, and he was it was young. it was something fluke. Yeah, he was young, but it was something fluke. Like he was doing a uh, some kind of surgery, and it was the complications of a surgery. That's what they said. So wow. crazy, B. But anyway, wow. All right, man. I think I think our time is up. Um, Already? Yeah, I know. Just getting started. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I got a lot of mo. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this has been a pleasure. Um, I've known this brother a long time, and uh, it's it's definitely uh, he's he's a wealth of information. But above of all, he's a good good human being. He's a quality quality human being. Human being. I'm happy to call him a brother. Thank you, man. Tell the people, you know, we didn't actually, we didn't talk about this. Um, you have your own, um, your own podcast. Yeah. Called Behind the Velvet Rope. It's a music podcast. Dance uh, it's Behind the Velvet Rope. Dance Behind the Velvet yes. Rope. Uh, extremely successful. We got 40,000, that's 1,000 listeners. 40,000 listeners all over the globe. Which is just mind boggling. Yeah. Um, but the guy's, the guy's talented. You can't ignore talent. Uh, Pete, tell the people how they can find your social media. Well, social media is very easy. All you got to do is type in a few letters. Okay. The letters are P is in Paul, L is in Larry, sweets like sugar. So PL sweets, you type that in anywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. SoundCloud, Instagram, iTunes, Google Play, Google. SoundCloud. Yeah, MixCloud. PL okay. Suites everywhere. Right. I'm PL Suites everywhere. everywhere. So it's very, very easy to find. The show is Dance Behind the Velvet Rope the podcast and then we're on um, 15 20 a.m in north carolina and you can get that as well online i think it's 15 20 am.com and then okay. on fridays it's 108 praise radio okay that's five to seven on Fridays. so i'm on a five o'clock ride on two and on two different stations so definitely tune in and check me out and go download the podcast and have a good time absolutely listen to that music Get some good vibrations yes sir and we are signing off just remember as i always say The truth will set you free if you let it.